What the verse just described is the difference between during the time of Sisra when people were too scared to travel, people were too scared to live in animal cities, and therefore now that Sisra has been defeated, and the verse foretells a period of peace when people will again be able to people will again be able to travel the streets. And we'll return to the, the cities which weren't fortified. And now she contrasts the experience, what they had been beforehand, and compared to the reality which it now was, is a reason to thank Hashem. So once again, the Pasuk Yedalef. And the Pasuk says, Mikol Machatzitim Bain Mashanim. Bain Mashabim Shami Yisanu Tzirkas Hashem. Now, there's two different explanations in the Mephoshim what this is referring to. The one explanation is the Mash'abim were the ones who went to draw water. So it's true that people could uh, fortify themselves in their cities, so to speak, and protect themselves from the bands of maybe mercenaries or even highwaymen which prowled the area outside. But uh, as always, the problem was in world cities that there wasn't a water supply. And therefore, people had to leave the cities to try and draw water. And what happened when they did that? So here there's a different explanation between the Farshim. Some explain the Russian Mechatitim from the word Chitzim, which means arrows. So in other words, the, the bandits would shoot arrows at the people who were going to draw water. And therefore, even though they would normally stay in the relative safety of the walled cities, when they had to go out to draw water, then they were, so to speak, at the mercy of whichever people they were who would be shooting at them. That's the one, arrows at them. That would be the one explanation. The other explanation is in a similar vein, and that is chatzatz means like little stones, gravel. And the, the reason for Hashem explained that the people who needed to draw water would try to go at night, and no one would notice them. And what they were scared of is if they would stand on the stones, which would make a noise as, you know, as they shifted under the weight of the people, so then it would alert whichever highwaymen, whichever soldiers were around to the fact that people were outside the cities. And therefore, from the call of the Mechatzim, from the, vo- the noise made by the stones or the gravel which moved, between the people who were drawing water, and that was a, a danger because then they would be found, they wouldn't be, then they'd be caught. And now in place of that, Shami Yisano Sirkas Hashem. Now they can, they can relate, learn the, the stockers of Hashem, the kindness of Hashem, and that's no longer the case. That's the first case, that's the first example. And the second example, I guess, is Tirkos Prezayin of Yisrael. Because Az Yardu Lashari Mamashem. Thank you. Tirkos Prezayin of Yisrael, again, the area of presence of the unwalled cities. And therefore, once again, the, people, the Jews could return to the unwalled cities where they had been too afraid to live before that. And then Yardu Lashari, they would go back to the gates of the cities which they had abandoned, the Amashem. Now we see over here um, two Chidush from this passage. The first one is that this is a Medikinagid Mir that we spoke about, which came from the fact that Yisrael didn't destroy the nations in Eretz Yisrael. And it wasn't just the fact that because it didn't destroy the nations, therefore these nations served as a stumbling block to them, as a mixture to them. But as a result of these, the fact that Yisrael didn't destroy the nations in Eretz Yisrael, so they, in a way, lost their authority over Eretz Yisrael. Whereas beforehand, Klai Israel had, so to speak, settled the land that belonged to them. They had lived not just in walled cities, but they had lived 
in the, all of the the land, the farmland was all split up between all the Jewish people, and everybody was safe and secure in their own nachal and their own inheritance. Uh, the first the first level that they lost very Israel was that they had to abandon, so to speak, the outlying areas and for safety congregate in the walled cities. So that was, uh, to one extent, the loss of Israel. They couldn't uh, farm the land or have it as they had previously. And even then, between the people who lived in the walled cities, they were too afraid to journey forth, to leave their cities, even if it was just to draw water. And therefore also, which pretty mean, much means that their control of Israel had been limited just to the cities where they were concentrated, as opposed to having the authority over the whole country. And uh, that was the res- result of them not fulfilling Hashem's commandments to, so to speak, take possession of Eretz Yisrael and destroy the Knaanim, so therefore, to an extent, they lost Eretz Yisrael. And now, the next of the defeat of, of Sisra was that Kaisha were given a chance once again to, to leave the confines that they had been placed in and uh, return to the cities that they had abandoned. But there's a second uh, point in the Pasuk also. And that is, it talks about that there they will relate the status of Hashem. In other words, when a person sees a place where there had previously been a danger, and they were saved from that, so then that's a person who was in a position of danger and was saved, so he has a khiv to be is a khiv to be grateful for the the Hatzalah which there had been. And even though it's a it was a situation which was, at the time, a situation of din. But Lamais, if a person was safe from it, is mukhuyev to be Now, the din of the place where nais was done for a person, that is mukhuyev to be isn't only if the nais was of the nature that the person never got, in, not, never got affected. Even for the case the person did get affected, but he was saved. He didn't get killed. So that's also a nais which a person has to be grateful for. That's a famous story that's told of Chaim Velazhna that he was once joining a certain place in Chavidim, and he stopped at a bridge over the river uh, to say, Shasli Nesim HaKamazah. And they asked him if he'd ever been to that bridge before. And he said, no. So why is he making a bracha of a Nesim done for him? So he told the story that many years earlier, there had been a wagon crossing that bridge, and I don't know because of the ice or the snow, which I can step to the wind which pushed it, but basically the wagon went over the edge and landed in the, and landed in the river. And among the inhabitants of the wagon was an infant baby girl who was swept downstream. And amazingly, was they managed to trace after her and catch her. And uh, even though she was severely frostbitten and uh, from landing in the freezing water, they managed to revive her. And Chaim Velazhna went on to say that that little girl became the mother of the Vilnagon. And being as he saw himself as a Talmud of the Vilnagon, so he felt a personal karasatov for the fact that the Gon's mother had been saved so many years earlier um, in a miraculous fashion. Now, that's a good example of the point we're bringing out here. And that is, that Lemaissa wasn't that she was spared from suffering. Lemaissa, she, she, was, she was thrown into the river and she nearly died from frostbite. But the fact is that she didn't die, that's enough of a reason um, to say, to, to be murder on the fact that a person's life was spared. And it's always like that. All of the cases of a person who's mechir to be murder. A person was extremely sick and they recovered. A person who was... Uh, had, had crossed the desert and was in danger of dehydrating, or they had crossed the sea and was in a position where the, the, you know, they were about to drown. So the, the, the group of Sagoma isn't that I was saved from harm and nothing happened to me. 
It's even if a person was safe from dying, even though he was injured, even though he was hurt, but Lemaisi didn't die, so that's also a reason to be married in Rabbanu. Which is the halakha. If a person's in a car accident, or any other dangerous situation, even if he's injured by it, as long as he's alive, he can still see a goyma. Should he wait till he gets better? If he's, if he's something, he's going to get better. From for sure, he should wait till he gets better. But even if a person is injured, or he's not going to get better. But if he could have died and he didn't, that's also a reason to say a goyma. And that's what uh, the very saying here. That even the people, the mashabim, the ones who went out to draw the water, who were subject to the arrows of the enemy, or who were endangered by them, right? but the Maisei, they were still alive, they have to recount the Tzach of Hashem, the fact that they, that they survived. Things haven't changed. There's a... Okay, we'll see one more pasuk, we'll come back to this. The next pasuk, pasuk is base, and Devaira says, Uri, Uri, Devaira. Uri Uri Dabrishir. So she's referring to herself and she says Uri, which means arise yourself, wake up. And Dvaira then again in Uri Uri Dabrishir. The reason she needed that is because since she like we saw previously the Gemara says in Sachim, that since that she previously praised herself in the first pasuk when she said I Chakamti Dvaira, we saw this previously in Pasuk Zain, that she praised herself as being the one who like we said, had reignited the Koyach Atari in Yisrael. And if that's actually the credit for it, so as uh, the Gemara says, and therefore she lost her Racha Kodesh, and therefore she had to, so to speak, daven for it to be returned to. And therefore, Lashon Uri Uri isn't to physically waking up, but rather to awaken her Neshama, or to Miss Oira, to be able to regain the book. Right. And that's the Dabri Shir. Now this has nothing to do with what you were saying. Right. The, the fact that Barak had been with her in the battle, well, so what, what does she mean when she says to him, um, go and capture your captives? Right. What's the connection? This is her husband, Barak? We saw before this, if Barak was a husband or not. But uh, either way around, they had worked together. In other words, she had been the Navi who had appointed Barak in charge of the campaign to to, to fight Israel, and now uh, they've been successful. So what does she mean when she tells him to go and be Shavi Shavicha, to go and capture your captives? Who are the captives? You saw that all the soldiers had died, had been drowned in the river of the application. Sister himself had been killed by Al. And if that's the case, what's she referring to? So, and, and what, what's the connection between the two parts of the Pasuk? By herself, she says she, she must be misoyer to Rechah Kodesh. And by Barak, she says, go and capture your captains. Which captains is, is he meant to capture? What's Ben Avinah? That was his name. Barak Ben Avinah. So, it's just it's referring to him just either by his name or by his father's name. Okay. So, the answer is like this. We saw previously that Sisra was the general. He wasn't the king. Yavin was the king. Right? The battle here would have been against Sisra as the general and the army that Sisra had managed to accumulate. The Maisa, Yavin, the king, was still there. And like it's going to say at the end of the parak that uh, we saw in the previous parak that they, after this also, they continued to fight until they until they uh, managed to defeat and kill Yavin. Ya- ya- I'm Yavin, I'm reading in the previous parak, parak Dada, the Apostle of Dada. 
it's after the story of Ayachne, the king of Yom Ois Yavin, Meachnan, on the day that Sishra died in battle, so Hashem humbled Yavin. And then after, Zatalech Yad Bnei Yisrael Halech Vakasha, Al Yavin Meachnan, Adash Yechris is Yavin Meachnan. They continued the campaign and they gained the upper hand over Yavin until eventually they destroyed him. So that's what she's referring to. But at this stage, they had won the battle against Sisra, but uh, Yavin was still there. And therefore, she's telling him to continue and uh, wage the war against Yavin until they would destroy Yavin as well. Now, but again, what's it going to do with the Pasuk? What's the connection between the two Pasuk? She's talking about herself. It's the Imo'er herself, the Rechakodesh, and uh, she tells him to continue fighting. So, the Rechakodesh is like this. Again, we said what happened was at this stage of the Shira, the very loses the Rechakodesh. And she now therefore but defeating Sisra isn't yet the end of the isn't yet the end of the fight. Because Sisra is just a general, the king is still there. And therefore she tries both. She says inside herself, she wants to marry herself to to be inspired again by Nava. At the same time she tells Barak that you know, you must on yourself to continue the war. You know, just the fact that at this stage we've we've been successful doesn't mean we can give up. And that's an important point over here. Because if the mistake was that they didn't destroy the Knanium, and that's what led eventually to the fact that they were subjugated by them. Now, if that's the case, and even though they've won a very resounding victory over Sisra, destroyed him, but the master, they haven't destroyed the Gnani, Yavin is still there. If that's the case, it wouldn't be good to stop here. And therefore she tells him, you have to continue the campaign until you've captured all of them, until you've destroyed everybody. Uh, that would be the tickling of what they're trying to do. And that's where we saw the two points um, together, which brought to the the subjugation of Klai Yisrael in the first place. The one was in Klai Yisrael's point of view that they hadn't defeated the Knanim, and if that's the case. The, the Hashem orchestrated that they would now be subjugated by the Knanim. If that would be the reason, then she would tell Barak, you have to be remarkable to fix the mistake that Klai Yisrael originally made. And in the context, in other words, to continue the battle until you've conquered, until you've captured all of them. The other Nikoda was that we saw that there was a lack of Torah learning. And that, that was Dvara's, so to speak, contribution. She was one who reignited that. And now she felt, that's the Ruch HaKodesh. Maybe it's because from her point of view, she, she would have to do more to uh, encourage the Nimara Torah. And that's what she says herself. She must marry herself to, to be Zechah to, to, to the Ruch HaKodesh. Right. Now, why is it this stage of the Shira? Why is it this stage of the Shira? So, we're going to see now the... ...that the by being mischazik in the Shira, that would give Barak the strength to continue in fighting. Like some... Banking, like banking and asking for... Right, or some kind of which would come from the Shira. Now, why does that happen here? Because at this... Now, until now, she's spoken about Klai Yisrael as a whole, or Klai Yisrael suffered beforehand, or Klai Yisrael achieved on the whole, after the defeat of Israel. The, re- the next part of the year is going to single out individual Shvatim and what they did right or did wrong, whatever it's going to be. Um, 
Rocky's going to talk about one by one. Benyamin, Zvodan, Sachar, Naftali, whatever it is, Menashe, all the different shots, I mean, like the part they did right or wrong and what led to the punishment. Uh, and therefore, Kenire, there was uh, we're going to see also in the Hemshech, there's a certain Taina. There's a certain Taina about uh, what she said about some of the Shvatim. Um, it's not all complimentary. She's Taina is not in the Shvatim. And if that's the case, Kenire, like we find other times, there will be a reason that for also to do the Ruch HaKodesh. As long as she's been with Shabbat, Yisrael, and uh, at least the, and, and calling Klai Yisrael collectively to thank Hashem, so then Shadrach HaKadosh. Now, the next part, when she's going to criticize the Shvatim who didn't do something right, and ask the Musa, so now Kinnira needed a different a different level of Ruch HaKadosh. In other words, it wasn't the Ruch HaKadosh which came just from Lahida, and uh, there was a different kind of Ruch HaKadosh. Let me say what I mean. We find other times, for example, before Yaakov Avinu died, right? So, on one hand, you wanted to give a bracha to some of the Shvatim. You wanted to give techacha to others on the Shvatim, to other Shvatim. I drove in Shimon Levi, he was mechich, he wasn't mevarech then. To other Shvatim, he was mevarech. Now, when we're talking about giving a bracha, so we're talking about, especially it was uh, the brachas of Yaakov Avinu, there was a kind of nevo, it was divinely inspired. So it was brachas which had a certain nevo attached to it. When he came to, when he came to, so to speak, give Musa to the other Shvatim, but to understand, there was also there was a Ruch HaKadosh. What uh, he was predicting the future too, when he said about the other Shvatim, uh, like Rashi says, when he says right, he's talking about Kairach, he's talking about incidents of the future. There was a Ruch HaKadosh there too, except it's a different level of Ruch HaKadosh. Now it's become the Ruch HaKadosh of being Varech, of giving brachas. There's a certain Ruch HaKodesh which um, came together with giving Techacha. Which on the one hand they were, they were giving Musa, but there was, it was also inspired by Ruch HaKodesh. And that's the change also. The first part of the Shira was Hoida, for the Nisim which happened. And the fact that Klaishul could now go back to the peaceful, peaceful environment that they were in before. And the next part of the Shira is talking is, is Techacha. And therefore there's a change, there's a shift. A different level. In other words, we say normally Ruch So if a person is giving Hayda, a person is grateful, a person is thanking Hashem, so we understand what the Ruch HaKodesh, what the level of the Ruch HaKodesh is coming from. It's coming with Simcha. When a person wants to give Techacha, so then that's not exactly the, the feeling that they have. So if that's the case, where's the Ruch HaKodesh being Shoran? Now again, when Hashem gives a Novi a message to give to Israel like, like a warning, like the late of Yirmiyah, Yishai even, right, that they came with a message of rebuke for Klai Yisrael. So of course, as Nevi, Hashem gave him the message to say. Right? But that's not the Ruch HaGosh for Yishayim Etech Simcha. It wasn't necessarily a Simcha, that was uh, on the contrary. They were instructed to give a message of, of punishment, of a threat to Klai Yisrael. There's a difference. And uh, the same thing over here. What was originally a Shira of Hoida, now we're going to see there's a certain element of, of rebuke. Of Atayna, like Israel. So yes, part of the Shira was also this was also part of the Shira was also in a ver, but it wasn't the Shira which was, so to speak, inspired by gratitude, or as Akaris uh, Atayf the Nisim. She's talking about that. Now she's going to talk about the Chelik of the Shira, which is a Techacha, and therefore Shira was the Rukhakodesh, but it needed a different, so to speak, element to to bring that Rukhakodesh. It wasn't the 
the Ruch Kodesh was showing me Tehach Simchat was more like Nevo, which was meant as the Tehach of Adash Vata. Right, so that's what we're going to do the break between the first part of the Shira and the Shira we'll see next time in the second part of the Shira. Um, just one more Ha'ara. One more Ha'ara. Um, what's the... Why is this... Why, the... The, the Chazal already asked. Why does it have to say Uri four times? Uri, Uri, Devaira, Uri, Uri, Darabushi. Right, why, 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 why the repetition so many times? The Kharif, it was just a matter of she's trying to say she was the Misaira to Rahagosh, okay, so once, Uri, Devaira, Darabushi. What's the repeated Lashon so many times? So, this is sometimes something we find other times um, in Chazal also, and Chazal does it also. For example, in Shirashir. Right in the beginning of the seventh paragraph, when we saw the Klai Yisrael says, Shuvi Shuvi Ashalamis, Shuvi Shuvi Venechazibach. Again, four times. Uh, four times Shuvi. So, what's, why are you four times? Because it said Shuvi Ashalamis Venechazibach. Well, why are the repetitions four times? Right. So, Chazal talk about four dimensions which it has to work in. We know that the four Yamas, and therefore, if you're talking in all four, so you're going to mention the same thing four times. So, we're talking about Klai Yisrael returning to Hashem in all the four dimensions. So it's shuvi, shuvi, ashlam, it's shuvi, shuvi, four times. And same thing over here, if she wants to miss error from a Yisrael Nebuah, which is, we talk about the four different Yisraelamas, so the same thing is going to be four times, uri, 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 uri. The four times the same Yisrael to connect from the Yisrael Atsiris to Briot, Atsiris to Asiya, we have four different levels of Yisraelamas which it was working in. Okay, so that was the... It's a, that's the emphasis is on that prospect there. They explain it yourself. When something is repeated four times, it's on four levels. The same word. A lot of times we find that we should repeat something three times, and it's no shaykh. 